Hello and welcome to a Happy Mind podcast. My name is Sam and I'm an anxiety and mindset coach for women all over the world. This podcast is here to give you strategies, support and empowerment to take you away from anxiety, fear and insecurity and ready to thrive in your life just as you truly deserve. I want to become your motivator, your friend, your support and your coach. And this podcast is my virtual way to do that with you. Subscribe, review and enjoy this podcast because it really is my gift to you. Here is to your happy mind. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is going to be epic. If you are here, you are here for a reason and I have some very exciting information for you. But before we start, we're going to try something new. So, can I get a whoop? Can I get a whoop whoop? Oh my gosh! <laughs> who is this person that we're talking to? Before I tell you who she is, I'm going to tell you why it's so important. This is episode 22, and 22 in angel numbers means a powerful sign from the angels that you are on purpose in life and about to turn your dreams into reality. Uh, hello, don't we all want that? So, the lady that I'm speaking to is Persia Lawson, who is literally everything that we stand for. She's genuine, she's fun, she's fresh, and she's just a completely normal human, which is everything that Happy Mind stands for. But one thing that she is an expert in is love. Loving yourself, finding love, having sustainable love, and being happy in your relationships. And for all of you, I know so many of you struggle with one, anxiety, but then actually how you can love yourself and feel confident and then love someone else and they love you and you feel worthy. And Persia talks about this so much and with anxiety. So I thought, what better way than to bring you somebody that has been there, got the t-shirt and is now giving them out to the world. (laughs) Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for inviting me. What a privilege. I'm so excited. So I thought what I'll do is I'll explain a lot of the people that will be listening to this and then you can kind of just talk about what it is that you share and, you know, when you do the panels and your book and everything, the message that you bring. So, so many of my lovely ladies have either experienced anxiety and come out the other side, which is amazing, or they're still very much stuck in the midst of it. And therefore, relationships are really difficult and they really want to find love. And a lot of them think that finding love will make them feel happier, Mm -hmm. which means they don't put as much emphasis on themselves. They put all the emphasis on finding someone to love them. And secondly, they think that they're not worth any person loving them enough because the anxiety Mm -hmm. is so bad. So that's kind mm-hmm. of my first person, and I would love to know what you would say to them. Oh, well, firstly, I'd say I, I've absolutely been there myself. And it, re- it was interesting because I started, I mean, I, I was active with boys for a very young age. I don't know if you've read The Inner Fix, um, my book, but 
very young age and it was all about trying to you know my parents were drug addicts and so we had until I was 16 when they got sober so I had a very turbulent upbringing um and so for me very early on I realized that boys were essentially a means of escapism and validation to be told like you're good enough I loved the attention I needed I just needed it like I needed air um and then you know that got progressively kind of more chaotic I cheated on every boyfriend I had and then it was interesting there was a shift when you know my parents got sober and I actually was getting worse because I was so used to drama and chaos and then when that disappeared from my home life that's when I went looking for it in my romantic life and interestingly like what you were just talking about that girl um I didn't realize until I guess my early 20s where suddenly I wasn't getting the same attention in the same way from men like I was but I was kind of to be honest I was getting ghosted a lot I was having one night stands and I couldn't understand when I'd had so many guys kind of quite obsessive or in love with me suddenly the tables sort of turned and at the time I didn't realize it was about not valuing or loving myself I thought there was something you know it's, it's the men it's the men it's got to be the men it's absolutely nothing to do with me and that's you know a really big thing I see with my own, my love coaching clients is that we think because romantic relationships involve someone else that it's, it's got nothing to do with us. It's just, it's kind of luck of the draw. We don't realize actually how much power we have. And it, it all comes down to taking responsibility for your own, your, your own relationship with yourself primarily, which I know is, you know, the work that you do is, is, is all about that. And it's actually really empowering to just kind of go, this is not about what's going on in the dating world. This is not about, um, I just only ever attract bad guys or guys that mess me about. Well, if you do, then there's something you can do about that. So, and I've gone off on a tangent a little uh, there a little bit, but I totally relate to being in that place where you just feel crap about yourself and your life and you feel like the only thing that's going to help is getting a romantic relationship mm. now as we know it might temporarily seem like it helps but you also are going to bring in a whole load of other problems which I feel that you might you're about to touch on now when you talk about the other type of person yeah. that you that you uh work with that's so true and actually it's all about the statements I never thought about that either but all of my boyfriends had cheated on me and mm. I never until literally just now I always used to think oh like why me why is it always happening to me but I was very similar my um my dad died when I was 14 and I lived with him mm. I didn't live with my mum and then my mum when I was 20 moved to Jamaica so I was left quite a lot so mm. I then relationships as a source of comfort and that was the only love I got because exactly mm -hmm. like, you, like my validation I didn't have a family so young so I got involved with boys very young and all I was always in a relationship I was never on my own mm. and then you're so right until I dealt with my own history my own baggage my own kind of issues did I end up in a relationship that is very, very balanced? Like mm -hmm. he will shout and scream and tell me that I'm the most annoying person in the world, but I will do that to him. He'll put mm -hmm. me in my place, but he'll also love me endlessly. And before mm -hmm. I'd always found that I was with someone that either did everything for me so I behaved badly or mm -hmm. I did everything for them and they behaved badly. So yeah. it's really imbalanced. Yes, so that's yeah. That's really, that is a really good point. And I think if you're in a situation where you're trying to find love, 
because you feel like you need it, that's when it's the worst time to find it, would you say? Well, of course, because you're going out with a really desperate, clingy energy. Mm-hmm. So you're going to attract a codependent relationship at best. Meaning, if you're going out with that signal, I need something to fill that void, the type of person that you're going to attract is going to be someone who is not necessarily healthy. And I mean, you know, the fact that they are going to step to your energy, they're going to be attracted to your energy, means that generally, because water seeks its own level. Dr. Wayne Dyer once said, and I always come back to this quote because it really, really helped kind of shift my perspective in, in around romance. He says, you don't attract who you want, you attract who you are. So that, I mean, it, you know, the most, one of the biggest kind of elements of work I do with my clients is, is getting them to look at their patterns and their history because we don't realize it. It's, it's subconscious. We don't actively go out and think, right, I would like to attract someone who is either you know, gets really jealous, is really controlling, or is going to cheat on me loads. We don't go out with that intention. We go out going, I just want someone to love me. I just want, you know, we don't, we don't actually realize what we're putting out there. And you touched on something really interesting about, you know, you, your own, like, uh, you know, as I said, looking at patterns is so important. And I get my clients to look at their kind of story, the stories they tell themselves or yeah, their patterns. And you were saying how, you know, your father died at a very significant age, 14, you've just become a teenager. Essentially, it's a really significant age. That's when you start to becoming, you know, generally active with, you know, in sex relationships or whatever so it's really impressionable age and then for your mum to go to Jamaica when you're 20 now this isn't about you know blame or or, or, you know any anyone doing anything wrong it's just how that is going to affect you and it affects different people differently but what that could lead to is a story where you tell yourself people I love leave me people I love abandon me so you wouldn't subconsciously go out looking for that but because that's what you're used to, as human beings, we will always gravitate towards the familiar, even if the familiar is shit. It's like that whole thing of better the devil you know. We'll always go to what we're used to over to what is probably best for our, us in the kind of, you know, healthier sense. So it's it's really inevitable that you would you would go for guys who would cheat on you and abandon you because therefore it reconfirms your already low beliefs about yourself and what you deserve does that make sense 100% and that's exactly what happened so I yeah 100% I did even with my friends I thought everyone was going to leave me to be honest Mm -hmm. um, which is why anxiety was so bad for me I just thought I was destined to be on my own in a hole so I definitely 100% was attracting and I would then go back from boy to boy. I would meet a new boy and go back to an old boy because yes. I feel bad leaving them and they wanted to move on. And I was like, no, come on, let's keep this going because I then didn't want things to end. I had a real problem with things yeah. ending. Yeah. So if you, were to, if you were to be in that boat, so there will be loads of women listening to this going, oh my God, Sam, that's still me. I'm still in that mm. place. If... And it is really difficult. And this is what I always tell people. When you're listening to a podcast, or you're listening to a Facebook Live, you can only give someone so much. And it is about actual implementation, them taking yeah. away and doing something. If, you, yeah. if, if the person listening to this could take away one thing and actually implement it to try and change this pattern, what would you be telling them to start practicing or doing or trying to change in their life? 
What I really love that you said there, Sam, like is I, I am such a big believer. This is a Marie Folio quote, you know, entrepreneur, American entrepreneur Marie Folio. And she says, insight without action is worthless. And I've seen that in my own life. How many times I've listened to things like this, which are brilliant, but if you don't, then take a step. And I love that you've put this earlier, you know, early on in the interview, as opposed to just tapping it on at the end. It's like absolutely about doing something different, not just because, I mean, how many times have you just gone, oh, yeah, 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 that's such a great insight. I've really learned something. But then you just go back to your life and therefore nothing changes. Yeah. You have, Again, because we're, we are comfortable in the familiar, so we don't want to do something different. There's going to be a lot of resistance. But the, the fundamental thing in, I mean, this isn't just about having a healthy romantic life. Every area of your life will improve significantly when you focus on your relationship with yourself. Mm. And, and, you know, I started that journey because when I was in a real rock bottom, I mean, I'm talking after drama school, because of course I became an actress, um, I ended up working in a strip club, um, not as a stripper, as a hostess, but it would, you know, it was it was very dark. I'm not going to lie. It was very dark. And one night I actually got sexually assaulted while I was working, but it was a very peculiar situation. And because I was so ashamed, embarrassed, I didn't tell anyone, but that again, stuffing down my feelings, not acknowledging it. That led me, I was on an acting job in Shanghai and I put on two stone in two months, which was really, you know, I couldn't hide that. I could hide everything else. I could hide the drugs I was taking. I could hide all the drama around relationships from my family, but I could not hide that rapid weight gain. Mm -hmm. But actually that weight gain is what changed my life because my dad, when he saw me for like picking me up from the airport from after China, he was like, how about, would you like to go on a yoga, go on a nice yoga retreat in um, Thailand over New Year? And I was like, absolutely like free holiday. I was a skin actress. So of course I would take that. (laughs) And then he, um, when we were there, I will never forget this. And this is the kind of main message of the inner fix. He said, you know, I've been really, really worried about you. And I feel called to just, it gets me emotional even saying it. I feel called to say this to you. If you focus on the insides, the outsides will take care of themselves. And oh my God, I'm sure he probably said that to me before but I wasn't ready to hear it. And I know someone listening, some people will hear that who are listening to this podcast now and will go, oh yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's really, you know, great insight or whatever. But someone will hear that like I did and they will be ready to hear it and to really take it seriously and actually do something different. Because when my dad said that, you know, bear in mind, we were on a yoga retreat. So, you know, yoga is essentially moving meditation. We were also doing a lot of meditation. That for me also involved, you know, focusing on the insides was about reading books that were going to help me learn about my myself, about my history. Um, I read a book while I was in Thailand called Women Who Love Too Much, which absolutely changed my life. Um, and I talk about that in the inner fix as well. Um, so, you know, I was eating better. I was, you know, practicing self-care. When I got home from that trip, I went to um, a 12-step fellowship called Al-Anon, which is for friends and family of addicts and alcoholics, because I realized I have had, you know, just because my parents are okay and they've done all the healing, it doesn't mean that those first 16 years of my life, like, it's not just okay now because they're okay because I have trauma that I have to work and they've done their bit. This is not about, you know, I was what, 24, 25 at this point when I went to Thailand with my dad. And I realized like, this is in my hands. I have to take responsibility for this. Mm. And you know, if there's, if there's one thing, I hope that the people listening to this now can hear it. Take responsibility for everything in your life. It is no one else's fault. There may have been things that influenced you as a child that were your, not your fault. But if you were an adult over the age of 18, 
you cannot, if you keep going around and blaming someone else, you're doing such a disservice to yourself. Take responsibility. And, you know, the, the biggest things that I always will say uh, to clients is meditation because mastering that relationship with yourself is, is about healing. Meditation can be healing, but it's also, for me, been absolutely crucial to develop a really strong connection with myself, with my intuition. Mm-hmm. And that that as that has developed and I've focused on growing that through meditation, through getting in nature, through journaling every day, as soon as I meditate, come out of the meditation and I just kind of write, free write in my journal. I Sometimes it makes absolutely no sense, but there'll be one little thing in there that I kind of, you know, almost like a message to myself that I needed to hear. Going through all that process, like, has led, I just trust my gut now. I, I always say, don't listen to what's going on in your head because your head <laughs> will tell you all sorts of crazy shit and it will lead you astray. It's that quiet knowing when you get still, and I could never, ever get still with myself. So that was that has been such a journey in itself. But sitting down, you know, I'll put my hand on my solar plexus and the other hand on my heart and just closing my eyes, breathing slowly. And I will just hear a kind of really calm voice that says, sometimes it's like, you're tired, go and have a bath. Sometimes it says, go and say sorry to your boyfriend for being a bitch, (laughs) like last night. Sometimes it'll say, call this person, and I have no idea why, or email this person, and then that leads to some crazy, amazing opportunity for work. Or, you know, the amount of insane opportunities, miracles, synchronicities, coincidences that have come as a result of me focusing on that relationship with myself. It's, it's just incredible. So that if there's one thing I'd say, and I, you know, if you want some free meditations, you can go to my website, persialawson.com. I've got loads on there because honestly, really, really, it will shift. Even if you do five minutes a day at the beginning, you will give it a month, give it enough time, but give it a month. You will see shifts in every single area of your life. And I'm sure Sam, that you, you know, you can attest to that yourself. Yeah, 100%. I was going to say a couple of things. And then, yeah, when I was definitely, when my mum left um, to go to Jamaica, obviously, I was at an age then where, when I was 14, obviously, my main caregiver died without any choice. So when my mum left out of choice, I was so angry. I was so Mm. angry at her. And she then really reconfirmed that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. He, not even, not even, I've got a twin brother, not even we were enough to stick around. And mm-hmm. I had this real injustice, you know, I'm a good person, but not even my own mum wants me. You know, I had this big kind of pull of anger, but also real, real heartache. You know, this was just, everything was changing. I, I didn't have Christmas with family. I was completely on my own mm-hmm. so for about five years. I didn't really speak to my mum. We, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't talk. I was, you know, really, really hurt by the whole thing. And it did affect a lot in my life, a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And only when I was getting married did I actually have to take a really hard think about what I was going to do because did I want to get married and not have my mum there? And then it'd be my, I've done that. I've made that choice. So then I started to take responsibility and I thought, I don't want to continue this. I don't want to continue because it was all on me now. I was Mm -hmm. continuing this resentment, this, you know, hatred, this real anger. So we had the wedding and she did come to my wedding. And then my twin brother got married two years later. And after his wedding, at his wedding, I'll never forget. I, um, I'm getting emotional now, but I, I thought to myself, I need to make a change because even though I'd found love, 
I still held this, you know, this just black hole. So mm-hmm. a song came on and I just went and took her hand and went and had a dance with her. And since then, I've just felt so much lighter because I don't want to hold on to that. I don't want to have that feeling. And you're so right. Whoever that person is for you, your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, an ex-husband, whoever it is, until you take responsibility for how you feel about it and the situation, it will always bring you down. No matter how far forward I got, no matter how happy I became, I'm doing inverted commas there, which you obviously can't see, but Persia can. Mm-hmm. I, you know, no matter how happy and successful my life became, there was always this darkness. There was always this like tinge of horribleness. So mm-hmm. as soon as I did that, things did change. And now she likes everything on my business page and she like comments. And, you know, we've got that. I, I would never say our relationship is a normal mother-daughter relationship, but it's not one of hatred and disappointment anymore, which mm-hmm. has made a real difference to me. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I was going to say is if you do, because I'll put all your links in here for the meditation and the book, if you're listening to this and you do go to those links, do not go with the intention to just think that things will change because you have clicked on the link. You have mm-hmm. to follow through. So you would then yeah. have to promise yourself exactly what Persia's saying. If you promise yourself to try the meditation for one month every day, then you can look back. Because I always say to anyone that I talk to, you have to be able to answer the question, have I tried my best? Have yeah. I given it my best shot? And if, if someone is listening to this thinking, oh, meditation, angel numbers, which I mentioned at the beginning, mm-hmm. what is all of that? Until you... Uh-huh. Until you've opened your mind to something new, you will never know. And if what you're doing right now is not working, why not try something new? Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree. I think that meditation, um, and I think a lot of people get really intimidated by meditation. And it's exactly like you said, just sit in your living room and just be quiet for five minutes. That will start to have an impact. Then you'll grow and you'll get more confident and you'll learn more about it. So I agree. And I, I'm so, I'm so glad that you shared your story about your dad as well and, and giving you that support because from going from him, going from being a very selfish parent for your teenage years and kind of focusing on his own needs and wants and, you know, addictions to then another 10 years later, being receptive enough and empathetic enough to say, my daughter needs me now. Mm-hmm. That's really nice that, he made that transition as well which is why also mm-hmm. if you do have someone that you love in your life that has let you down it doesn't mean they will always let you down no absolutely not absolutely not I really um I really heard what you were saying about like I think what you were saying about you know um committing to to taking responsibility for yourself and for your mindset um, and, you know, having to actually do the work and do it from, for a month just to, to give yourself long enough to see, to see the transitions. Um, and, you know, I know how hard both my mum and dad had to work to create the life that they have, that we, we have now as a family. It was really hard. And I, I think it's important to make this really clear because some people can, you know, I have an incredible life right now. I really do. I just traveled the world with my boyfriend for five um, months um, I've got a you know thriving social life. I do work I love. Um, I, ge- I generally feel good and happy most of you know eighty percent of the time because that's let's be realistic here. Um, but 
I work really hard for this. Like we know, we've heard that whole, like, you know, to be successful in your career, you know, grind it out and blah, blah, blah. Like you, you said, Sam, early, like, I, I think probably because did you see my story on Instagram that I put up? Yeah, so I put a story up on Instagram of like my breakfast. I get up, not every day, I'd say again, 80% of the time, um, I will get up around 5, 5.30 in the morning because I need an hour, an hour and a half, at least, at least, if not two hours, including my kind of yoga practice, in the morning to myself before I start any work. I use that for meditating, for journaling, for doing some kind of spiritual reading or something that listening to something that's going to inspire me, have, making a really healthy breakfast, doing half an hour of yoga, um, just all of those things. That, that practice, and I do it every single day, or at least, you know, maybe 95% of the time, um, a weekend every now and then I'll have a bit of a lie and whatever. But I, I really take this seriously. And, and you know, dipping your toe in and meditating once a week on a bit, bit of this and that, you will experience a bit of, you know, joy and peace of mind here and there. But it's really about what you do every day. It's about the consistency. And we know this with work. We know we get that with work. And, you know, people don't realize the how important consistency is and focus and commitment to a, to some sort of spiritual slash self-care practice. It is so crucial. It really, really is. And I want people, more people to kind of take it seriously. And the thing is, I know some people, especially if you're not used to doing that, you must think, bloody hell, she gets up really early to do that. Like, oh, I can't be asked, which is how I used to feel, by the way. And look, every now and then, as I'm human, I have a day where I think, oh, I can't be fucked. <laughs> I just can't be asked. <laughs> but I'll do something, but maybe I won't get up at 5 a.m. Maybe I'll get up at 7, 7.30, whatever. But I, because I, the more you do it, the more, you know, they say that about the gym, which I've never quite got that with the gym, but I've certainly got it with yoga you know, the more you do, the more you, you enjoy it. And the more you want to do, like, it's, it's sacred to me that, that time in the morning, like I absolutely love it. And if I don't do it, I notice because I don't, if my day doesn't start off on a grounded foot, I really, really notice it. Mm -hmm. So it, for me, it was really about a mindset shift to go like, this is absolutely a privilege and a joy to, to give myself this time. And, you know, every, look, I have read every book you can imagine, self-help book, books on success. I've interviewed a lot of incredible people. And without doubt, the one thing that they all have in common, um, whether, it, you know, they're really successful in their work, but also they're, they're generally a happy person, is that they have a morning routine and they get up early in order to do it. And there's just no way around it, you know. Um, I, I found it really helpful. Do you know Mel Robbins? Yeah. So, oh my God, she's just great. So she's a motivational speaker and she basically, now this is going to sound like so like almost trivial and not helpful, but this has been the most useful thing just in terms of this to getting up early or to doing anything that you don't want to do. So if you're like, oh, I know I should meditate, but you sit and do, you know, what I can do over a lot of things in life, which is procrastinate. She's got this tool that's simply called 54321. That is it. She was in a really dark place in her life. And she was basically just, you know, everything was going wrong. Her family, you know, she nearly getting divorced, like they were going bankrupt, you know, everything was going wrong. And she found herself drinking a lot more than she should have been. And she found herself just every morning, and we all can relate to this, just like waking up, the alarm goes off and you just think, oh no, I can't. So she pressed snooze like five times. Like how many times have we all done that? We just go, I can't face the day. And then one day she was watching TV and she saw this, um, saw this rocket taking off and it was like five, four, three, two, one. And she said, that's it. 
that is what I'm going to do. So the next morning, when her alarm went off, she literally just went to herself, five, four, three, two, one, and she shot up and just got out of bed, turned the alarm off, didn't check her phone for social media or anything. She just went down, made herself coffee, meditated or whatever, you know, whatever she did. And she said that she has used that principle, the five, four, three, two, one, for anything she doesn't want to do. Because what, what it does is it essentially breaks, it stops you from having time to procrastinate. Because if you lie there and you go, well, I probably should get up. You know what I mean? You won't. Don't give your brain time. And whenever I've used it, whether it's to get up early or it's to, you know, start writing my book or do something that is quite overwhelming and is like a big task, just going five, four, three, two, one, and then move, just take action. It has like, it has literally been a, a, a game changer for me. Mm. So if you know, like, again, because I really, really want to stress the importance of a morning routine for, for your own peace of mind and your success and your joy and everything good in your life. And you think, oh, I don't want to get up half an hour or an hour earlier. Just try next time you're alarmed, set your alarm early. Make sure you go to bed early. That's another thing. It's another way we'll sabotage, isn't it? We'll be like, I'm just going to, I'm going to get up at 5am, but I'm going to also be scrolling through Instagram at 11.30. And it's like, of course, you're not going to, you're not helping yourself there. Get to bed early, put your phone in flight mode, put the phone away from your bed and, you know, shut it off. Don't fill your mind with crap all over social media or the internet first last thing at night or first thing in the morning and then when you wait when that alarm goes up in the morning five four three two one get up move go downstairs make a coffee whatever you need to do because honestly give it half an hour and you will feel so bloody smug yeah. <laughs> that you got up early you'll be like oh my god this feels amazing it's just that first sort of five ten minutes that is a bit like Ugh. And, you know for me look I'm I'm I practice my spiritual principles but one of them is get some coffee in me like it just is like for me that is where I am today and it, it totally works for me and it's like that that does help me get out of bed and I think whatever works for you like we're not expected to be you know monks in a cave well I you know that's not how I see my life I've got to make it enjoyable yeah so you know for me coffee is... oh my gosh you literally I th- that is how I live my life I'm consistent I show up every day and the only reason I've been able to have two full-time jobs essentially, make my business a success, turn Mm -hmm. it around to the point that I, people know me across the world and blah, blah, all of that other stuff has happened through hard work, commitment, consistency. And also I always use the phrase, you get what you put in. Yes. It's exactly what you're saying. If you're willing, if you're willing to say to yourself, you can snooze five times, you are subconsciously saying that you don't love yourself enough to get up and give yourself a chance to make the day successful. Yes. I'm exactly the same as you. I will someday snooze my alarm and just not do anything. But then for, I would say 80% of the time, I am committed to making my life the Mm -hmm. best I possibly can. And if I fill myself with excuses, I only have myself to blame. And it's the same love and wanting love exactly like what you were saying at the beginning until you're willing to commit and be consistent with your own self-love routine no relationship you find will ever give you what you're missing inside absolutely and I what I also love that you said that that I touched on was this I I call it the 80-20 rule and I use this in everything in my life because whilst I absolutely agree with you it is about commitment focus um showing up getting up early all of those things that's the 80%. The 20% is, but you're also human. And I know that, I mean, I watch a lot of kind of YouTube stuff, like American, uh, like entrepreneurs or um, people just who've like created incredible success and they are machines. And they are like, I just, in fact, I watched one this morning that was like, 
um yeah I'm every weekend I'm working like eight hours each day and that's a slow weekend and look I've look don't get me wrong I've had week I I had a launch recently and I was working ridiculous hours but I'm not going to do that across the board because for me I'm like do you know what I want to enjoy my life because I might die tomorrow and whilst I want to work hard and focus if I don't have the space to enjoy it then what the hell's the point in the first place because none of us know what's happening tomorrow I know that there's periods that we have to work harder but not for me I'm not doing that the whole year round and I'm not going to be told that that makes me well you're not committed because I think that's absolute load of rubbish but it's it is that other 20% like for example last week um I my boyfriend and I saw a friend who uh, we'd gone in, uh, in we went to Australia at the beginning of the year and we went shark diving great white shark diving it was the most terrifying thing of my entire life but I got a tattoo you can see it I don't think you can see it there oh my god um, because honestly, I mean, that's a whole other story, but I faced more fears than I was, you know, intending to. I wasn't, I don't even know how I ended up on that boat. Anyway, it was such a huge deal. And um, my boyfriend, Joe's friend, who kind of ran, ran the shark diving boat, came over for dinner with her boyfriend uh, to London. And obviously they live in Australia. So we had some wine, like we had a nice time. And I, you know, meaning I went to bed later and the next morning I woke up and I was like, oh, like, and I, I, my routine was all off kilter and it was fine. And I, you know, I would, I would usually beat myself up about that so much because I am an overachieving perfectionist. And anytime I fall short of the ideal, I'm like, right, you're no good. You know, I can really slip into that. Um, you're no good. And, and put all my worth in my productivity. And I've got much better at separating them out and just going, look, was it worth it last night? Yes, because we never see this girl. Um, and we haven't met her boyfriend and they live the other side of the world. Like give yourself that bit of flexibility, but just if that's happening every week, then that's a problem. Do you see what I mean? So it's, it's, I I don't know whether, you know, it's kind of letting yourself off the hook, but it's, there's, um, Marianne Williamson says something really great. She says, um, you know, I was always too hard on myself, but the reason I was too hard on myself was because I was too easy on myself. And I really relate to that. And the being easy on yourself is when you're, you know, 60, 70, 80% of the time falling short, but going, oh, it's okay, you know, never mind, and just making excuses. Yeah. Victim mentality, making excuses. Well, it's not my fault because if she did this or they did that, or, you know, like blaming the government or whatever it is. And if you if you're like if you're blaming and, and you know, again, this comes back to taking responsibility. You're really disempowering yourself. You're not giving yourself a chance. And it just doesn't serve you in the bigger picture. But every now and then, it's not, it's not about excuses or blaming. It's going, do you know what? I'm, my routine's a bit off kilter, but it was worth it. And you know what? I'm going to look after myself today, do what I can. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to be back on my game. That, for me, has been revelational. Just to not dwell in the drama of, of yeah, beating myself up or not being perfect. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's finding that balance. And it's also, you know, every now and then you do need to have a word with yourself and go, come on, right. You you said you were going to do this. Now let's get back to it. But just not going into the like, like just, just take all the drama and emotion out of it and just, you know, focus and give yourself a bit of a break. Yeah, hundred percent. And I literally, oh my gosh, I could just talk to you all day, but obviously I know we have things to do in the real world. <laughs> and obviously you could hopefully listen to us talk all day long, but now it's time for you to go and do action, to be honest. And I agree with everything you've said. Now it's about the, the biggest thing with the excuses is that's just another form of self-sabotage. You just run yeah. the excuse and move forward. So you've like, it, it's like with that, 
you chose to stay out with your friends because you never yeah. seen her. You made that decision. The yeah. next day, of course, you can think, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. But future you wasn't present in the moment. That, that, yeah. that person wasn't there yet. You hadn't gone to bed and woken up. So in yeah. that moment, you were quite happy doing that. So yeah. it is about just being able to say to yourself, I've made that decision now. Talking about it and thinking about it for the next 24 hours is not going to change anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's just it's just accepting, well, that's done now. So how do I deal with the situation at hand? And the situation at hand was, I'm really tired. There's a lot of work that I said I was going to do today. I'm going to cut that in half because I don't actually need to do it all today. But what it does mean is I need to get up an hour earlier than I even normally would tomorrow. And and you know what? It's, it's that compromise that it's as long as it gets done. And again, this is not something that you're doing on a weekly basis. This is something that happens every now and then. Otherwise, you know, otherwise, again, life becomes just so like I, I am all about freedom and I'm all about spontaneity. They are such important things. I love adventure, spontaneity and freedom, absolutely treasured values of mine. And therefore, I created a business to work around my life. And I real, I've realized at times how I have let, again, my perfectionism and overachieving has, has let it be the other way around. And I'm constantly feeling guilty and like I'm not matching up. And it's, it, it's just kind of right-sizing it and going, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like it is my, it's my choice, but I just know what overall feels empowering and what doesn't feel empowering. Yeah. So it is, it is, it's, it's that thing of being focused, committed, but also being flexible. And it's, it, it's you know, essentially that's what leading a balanced life is. Sometimes, you know, balance isn't that you're kind of, always you know kind of doing it perfectly on the line every now and then you're going to have a dip up you're going to have a dip down but you 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 can get that it's your recovery time that's I think that's what I'm trying to say your recovery time is key how quickly can you get to forgiving yourself um and moving on basically going okay maybe I stayed out later than I wanted to oh well what am I going to do now? Just, just take away the drama because honestly, that sort of thing, I would sit and beat myself up for three days and meanwhile, nothing would get done. So it wasn't even helping the situation anyway. Oh my God. I love it. And like we said, obviously I'll put all the links for Persia for the meditation, which you will absolutely love if you take it seriously and you do actually commit to loving yourself enough to make things better because this is my favorite quote ever. Nothing changes if you change nothing. Yes. I, I literally, that's how I live my life now. And yesterday, this is actually a perfect example. Um, I was sitting on my sofa. This is like final thought, you know. Um, I was sitting on my sofa and I thought, you know what? Uh, Persia's on my vision board, which is bizarre. Um, her and two other people are on my vision board. And since I've put them on my vision board, I've seen them everywhere. Like obviously social media, but their photos and feeds come up on my phone, even if, you know, they might have posted five hours ago. So I kept seeing all of these things. And then yesterday I was just sitting on the sofa and um, I'd been out for the day volunteering. This is actually so cute, Persia, like literally so cute. So I, was vo I volunteer at a dementia home on a Wednesday afternoon. And one of the wives, her husband is in the home. And one of my students, his grandma has, um, her husband has dementia. So we took them out for a lunch so that the grandmas could meet and they become friends. It was like the loveliest thing. So I was obviously already in this really happy, giving, loving place. My energy was really good. I felt really 
you know, like social media comes and goes, you get the follows, you lose the follows, a client disappears, you know, you get a new client, all of that comes and goes. But yesterday was just a day for me to just think, oh, do you know what? This is what really matters, helping someone yeah. that needs it. So then I was sat on my sofa and a photo came up again. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to actually send a video because I'm just sitting here looking at these people online, bearing in mind they live close to where I live. They're on my vision board. Nothing's changing because I've changed nothing. So I then, and this, if you are listening, is a way for you to think this is why implementation is so important. Mm-hmm. I sent a video of myself to Persia, like, hey, oh my God, like, would love to chat to you. And then I did the same with Mel Wells, who obviously I know you two are friends. Yeah. I thought, do you know what? Obviously, they're such big people. Their VAs will get back to me. You know, they might just contact me. Someone will get in touch and just be like, we're really busy. Both of them actually sent me comments straight back, inboxed me. Mel sent me a video saying, oh my God, you're the cutest. I need to give you a cuddle. And I was like, oh, how cute is that? And I thought, they're just real people. We create these barriers in our minds and things don't change. And then from that, and now literally less than 12 hours later, Persia's talking to me on a video camera and it's going to go onto the internet. Like, And of course, it's slightly different to where you might be in your life with insecurities, but it's the same principle. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to try something new and change something, it something will change, you know, something will yeah. change. And even when I hadn't heard back from you, I said to Luke, I'm so proud of myself. I've just sent a video, like I've, I've made that move. So I've then gone to doing something. So I've put myself out there and that's what it's about. Being able to look back exactly like I said, have I tried my best? I have tried my best. You know, I was my genuine self. I tried to put myself out there and now you can come off my vision board. Like you- There you go. Tick that one off. That's yeah. funny. I'm, I'm going to the theatre with Mel Wells tonight. Are you? Oh, yeah. Well, I was in her inbox yesterday. Wow. So, it, I mean, that's, it is a really good example. You know, I, I've done the same with my, myself with people who are, you know, who are kind of people that I've been following for years and I want to interview or whatever. And, and it is that thing of, you know what, because people get scared to do it because the answer might be no and it's, yeah. it's, it's vulnerable. Who cares? So what? What have you lost? You haven't lost anything. At least you took you took a risk. And that's another thing, you know, I talk a lot about is it's about being vulnerable and just being yourself. And and just because it might not go the way you want. The fact is, even if I couldn't have done it, I would have remembered you asking and I and that would have put you on the map. See, do you see what I mean? So yeah. whether it's, you know, you know, asking something like that or just taking that step where you feel, and, and this can come back to dating, like asking someone on a date or, or whatever it is, putting yourself out there. Um, it's just, people just get so scared of, yeah, being rejected or failing or, you know, not getting what they want or being like looking like an idiot. And actually it's like, just kind of, my dad's always been so good at that. He's like, if you don't ask, you don't get, just, yeah. just take, again, take the drama out of it be clear, just be mature and just fucking do it. Like, what have you got to lose? You really don't have anything to lose. And, and, and you have everything to potentially gain as well. Yeah, exactly. And I just have to read this to you and then we can leave this with our thoughts. So obviously this 22, I was researching loads yesterday. Um, and it says, which I thought was good to share now, because you've just been doing it this whole time. It says, uh, it, eight, number 22 is a sign that you are on the verge of attaining spiritual wisdom of the highest order and that you are called to share it with the entire world. Mm. And it says, it's a powerful confirmation of the power of your inner divinity. 
And I just thought, and then it says it's a sign from your source energy that you should trust in the power of the ascended masters who are guiding you. So if you aren't spiritual and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you should just know that the message you've been given today from Persia is a deliberate message for you to listen to and take on board and just try to love yourself better. And if you are spiritual, then you will know that this is a universal sign that you can change things. There are people that have changed their lives and it's not to say it's impossible for you. You can 100% do it too. And this conversation should give you that empowerment and make you know that there are normal people out there who live normal lives, who still live in normal houses and have normal clothes and still sleep in a normal bed that isn't cased in gold and get up in the morning and choose to have their best life. So I'm so glad that you did say yes. And I'm so grateful that you have spoken to me. It really does. I'm so, so pleased that I have got to speak to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me and being brave and asking me. Yeah, and I'll put all the links for everything for Persia's book, which is amazing, and the meditation, which I've started actually. I only started a couple of weeks ago, but I actually did it in the park the other day with my husband. And he was like... He's a bit like, what is, you know, what is meditation? And we did it. And he said, oh my God, I didn't even realize that I do this anyway. Like I sit and just listen to the sounds. You know, I was already doing that. So, and he had a card pull the day before saying he needs to start meditating. So. Wow. There you go. There you go. I'll put all those links in there. And please, 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 if you take anything, just listen to the fact that it's about you now taking action, taking responsibility and knowing that. Yes, things might have been really shit, but we've all been there with crappy times and things going wrong. But now it's taking responsibility for wanting things to be better. Exactly. Yeah. Thank Beautifully you so said. Much. And I'll my pleasure, my love. Sure. Definitely. Okay then. Bye.